<laughs> I am sitting here again uh, with uh, with my good friends, uh, both uh, Christian and with uh, Spencer, and uh, this is Beyond Sunday. And like always, we're excited to talk about the amazingness of God's Word. We believe in those ideals. We embrace those ideals. But if you're anything like us, it's one thing to embrace them and to know them, and another thing to learn how to live them in our everyday lives and have our our desires and our affections just transform so that we want to follow Jesus. So that's what we do. That's what we do as friends inside of a local church cornerstone, and we're excited to invite you into our conversation. In fact, we've always said probably in this podcast, whether you are here with us or not, we'd have this discussion. And so Mm -hmm. it's really awesome for us. And so what I want to do, though, to kind of get us kicked off is we've been going through the Great Commission. Uh, you you started us off, Christian, just with this whole big picture, verses 16 through 20, and how it all kind of fits together. Then you you, you landed us, and, and I'll tell you what, on a personal level, I'm still reeling through just the idea of Jesus's having all authority in heaven and earth, yeah. and just that power concept that you talked about that I thought was like, it applies on the kind of the macro level, clear down to the, you know, the micro small things of life, and what does it look like to bring Jesus' good lordship to bear? And then I tried last week to really connect all those little pieces around make disciples, because that's what we've been called to do then in light of his grand lordship is to make disciples of the nations. And so that's what we're, 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 where we come to today. But like in this text, um, kind of what I tried to lay out is there's these three participles connected. We'll talk more about yeah. those here in just a little bit. But one of those participles is this idea that we get for go mm-hmm. or going, going you know, as a, as a participle would kind of be put together. And we we said, man, let's really pull this one out because it's really important for us to look at singularly. And so maybe from your perspective, after studying and looking at it, help us understand, like, why is it so important we have this discussion? Like, it seems so strange around go, right? No, right, go. But like, why is this so important for us today? Kind of before we get into all the the details yeah. and the minutia uh, to, to give greater clarity to why it's important, yeah. maybe just real quickly, man, why is this so important for us to know? Yeah, and again, I think the why is a lot of what we've been talking about the last three weeks. Why? Because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and because he is with us always to the end of the age. So that kind of answers the why, because he has all authority. Why Why not settle for something else? Because he, he's with us in this. We have what we need to do this. So there is both an urgency and a possibility, even a certainty that we have what we need to carry this out, right? But it seems like like in the churches, at least I've been involved in, we tend to veer one way or the other. Hmm. We either tend to be very much on that urgency, yeah. right? We got to go. Yeah. And then it seems like then we kind of n- neglect maybe potentially what's around us, or we get engaged in the going and in regards to what's around us, and we totally lose sight of Jesus' call of the nations. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe just real quickly before we go on, like, could you explain that tension just a little bit for us? Maybe like that's, that's built into it. Yeah, I think I can. Um, because there, like, there is an immediacy, there is an urgency in this command to go and make disciples. Like, it's even he, a very similar construction happens earlier in the chapter in verse seven, where the angels tell the Marys to go and tell his disciples that Jesus is risen. Yeah, from be the urgent dead. about it. Like, don't stay here at the tomb. Yeah. Go to the disciples and let them know this good news. Like, go go now and do it. Yeah. Go quickly and do this. So there is an immediacy. But I think it's also important to keep in mind 
the immediacy in Jesus's command, go and make disciples, is at the culmination of a three and a half year discipleship process that he'd walked them through. Hmm. So it wasn't, you just learned this message, now go to the nations. It was the same process I've walked you through, it's go time now. Wow. It's time for you to go and carry that on as far as on this earth as people exist, whether they had any sense or awareness of a whole other set of continents on the other side of the ocean or not, go to the nations and, and do this. Um, now, you won't finish it now, but as you make disciples, those disciples will continue to make disciples who will make disciples to the nations. Right. I don't think you can separate the go and you have, I think you have to remember that you can't separate go from the command to make disciples. Yeah. Like, like if you, if, if you, if you understand make disciples is the command, like that is what drives everything. Mm -hmm. And so then the go part is, is in, is in response to the making disciples. And so, so should we care about the nations? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus has all authority and he tells us to make disciples. Yeah. And there's a lot of people all over the place. And, and so that, that's where I go. You have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is to make disciples. Okay. Mm. So let's talk about the main thing, but in regard to specifically then this idea of going, and we're going to just, so you know, everybody, we're probably going to nerd out here for a little bit. We're going to bring in some mm. concepts that maybe, maybe you haven't thought about before, but the whole goal though, is to really help you understand like, why is this so important? So that's where we'll go next. Okay. So. This idea of go, like you, you, you've kind of already laid out this idea that there's, there's kind of a, a full meaning yeah. to this this idea that's maybe encased in this one little tiny word. Yeah. But maybe just for a second, help us understand kind of that full meaning, so that we can kind of have a discussion to kind of know where, now how are we going to live this kind of a kind of a reality? Cool. Yeah, I think again, like like you mentioned last week, there's one main verb in this commission. It's the one command imperative make disciples. And then there's these three participles, these verbal nouns or ver verbal adjectives that, that modify or further describe that main verb. So it's make disciples of all nations. And then there's going, baptizing, and teaching. In the way that the word order is laid out, though, going ha comes before the command to make disciples and then baptizing and teaching come afterwards. So even in the way it's set up, you're, you're, you're set up to go, Ah, these all describe how we make disciples, but there's something distinct about the going idea here. Um, and there's two kind of main ways that that um, scholars in interpret this. You're, you're saying, okay, the, the participle is related to the main verb. Going is somehow related to and further describes how we make disciples, but in what way is it describing it, right? And there's two kind of main ideas. One is like a temporal or time-oriented, a, a go now, go quickly, do this now. The other is what's called like a, a, a attendant circumstance or the circumstance in which you make disciples. Can you give me an example of each of those or? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I mean, okay. those are big words, just like yeah. baby steps. Okay. So if I tell my kids right now, hey, go clean your room and they're sitting on the couch in the living room, well, they would understand to clean my room. I can't do that from the couch in the living room. Yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah the command is to clean your room. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get your fanny wanny off the couch. And the and go <laughs> is more, even more than a separate command. It's just saying now. It's yeah, there's a, okay, immediacy or urgency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the, one. That's the temporal one. That's more the temporal one. And then the um, the attendant circumstance would be like, you know, I see, you know, we're sitting at the dinner table and my wife goes, hey, I'm going to go grab some water. Anybody else need anything? It's like, hey, while you're there, can you grab me 
a napkin or you know something yeah, like that as so you're going to as get water, you're going to get Give me water, a napkin as you're doing that in the circumstance where you're doing that can you also do this right yeah. um so in one would be go now and make disciples the other would be as you go as you go wherever you go make disciples as you go does that make sense and Sometimes we feel like we really need to pick and choose between the two of those. But I think kind of the point I try to draw in my message is I actually think both aspects of that are applicable to what Jesus is calling us to do. Yeah, and even that tension is good. The, the attention is good, right? Go now. Go where? Just next door. No, to the nations, to, to the ends of the earth, the way he puts it in Acts 1, right? Keep the ultimate horizon in mind. But not every person and not every group will go. And not only that, like... There's a sense of as you go where you are in in the context of your normal life and relationships and places where you spend your time, that also is the as you go setting in which we engage in disciple making. And we see both of these in the life of Jesus. In the ministry of Jesus, we see this amazing mixture of settings and places where Jesus went about discipling these 12 guys that, or 500 people that he's telling here to make disciples. It's as they went from town to town. Sometimes it was set aside times of teaching and instruction. Jesus goes, there's things I need to explain to you. Other times it's the disciples' questions or people in the towns that come up to him with different needs and things like that. It was as they went that this discipleship happened. There was also times, like especially early in Jesus's ministry, like as he's first calling his disciples to him and he preaches, like in Mark chapter one, he preaches in the synagogue mm -hmm. in, in uh, Capernaum. He, he casts a demon out of someone. He goes home with Peter for lunch and then heals Peter's mother-in-law from a headache and a fever. And then everybody hears and comes to the door and he spends all day healing goes to bed that night, wakes up early in the morning, goes off in the hills by himself. No one can find him. The crowds are looking for Jesus. Finally, Peter and the guys find him off in the hills. Everyone's looking for you. And what does Jesus say? I must go to the other towns because that's why I've been sent. I've been sent to not just stay in one place, but also go elsewhere. And so I see even in the ministry of Jesus, this as he went from place to place, he engaged in disciple making. And there was also an intentional sense of, I don't want to just stay here. I need to go where it hasn't gone yet. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. So ex explain a little bit, maybe a little bit further on that. Cause like you went into like Deuteronomy six. Yeah. Maybe could we just take a little journey in there, like just for a second before we move on, but just that idea of how does Gen how does Deuteronomy 6 connect itself into what Jesus is talking about in this context and, and even in regard to, I believe, his life and the way he ministered? Totally. I think, again, Deuteronomy 6, most people would say it's the most famous, most often quoted verse in the Bible. We might think it's John 3.16, <laughs> but again, Deuteronomy 6 is like the John 3.16 for our for our Jewish neighbors and, and friends. And so, like, it's the, it's, it's the great commission of the Old Testament in many ways. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Like the Shema, this, this, this is their, their credo, their pledge of allegiance, if you will. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. And this command is to be upon your heart. And as it's upon your heart, now you're to teach it to your children while you sit at home, while you walk on the way, as you lie down, as you rise up. There's very clearly that attendant circumstance idea there in Deuteronomy 6. When are, are Israelite parents supposed to teach the commands of God to their children or to the next generation? As you go, as you go about your normal day-to-day -day working, living, sitting, rising, all of that kind of stuff. 
we saw that even in an Old Testament concept, this idea of discipleship or training mm -hmm. in a system of learning and practices and lifestyle happens in the context of everyday life. And the fact that what the Israelites are told to do there in Deuteronomy 6 is to teach the commandments of God to their children as they go, ding, 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 we should see in what Jesus is saying in Matthew 28. I think there's an intentional allusion to the Shema in Jesus's words. At, make disciples of all the nations as you go, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Oh, the baptizing part, I didn't mean to leave that out. But again, I think very much the as you go in the context of normal life and relationships is absolutely essential because he, as you, you even mentioned last Sunday, we can't baptize from a distance. We can't teach. We may be able to teach the content of Jesus's commands from a distance, but, but not like teach, this. But to teach the keeping of it, how how it actually and how plays to live it out. out. No, you can't teach that. From That's got to be up close. And yet, in all that closeness, immediacy, local focus that I think we as a local church have to be about, the mission we've been given is still go to the nations. Go to the. You still have you still have Acts one eight. You still have. Genesis 15, you know, yes, 12 and 15, the Abrahamic covenant, you know, and so I, I, yeah, it's as you go, you know, the circumstances you find yourself in, yeah. but it's never to the exclusion. I don't think you're saying this, no. but it's never to the exclusion of the nations over there, wherever there is, right? Exactly. Going, and, and so, yeah. But you, I think that like, it's actually, I think a, we as a local church family will We'll make progress in faithfulness with this commission. The more that we hold the as you go and go to the ends of the earth, as we hold those things in tension with each other. Yeah, I think that I think that that's kind of the place where there's going to be even people in the different gifts and passions and and desires within it, a church family like ours. You're going to have some of the people who are going to go, we've got to live this out right here. Like if we can talk a big game, but if it doesn't come out in our lifestyle, what the heck is the point? And then there's also going to be the people going to go, yeah, but at the same time, think about where this gospel isn't. Let's make sure it gets there too. And rather than that being a tug of war, it's almost like that's the way we keep each other from, from, from uh, losing either side of this. Yeah. But that's where I think if we, if we continue to go back to what I said just a little bit ago, if you keep the main thing, the main thing, the command is to make disciples. And if we recognize, wow, there aren't many disciples in my office space, mm -hmm. then as I'm going to work, man, what an amazing opportunity to make disciples. Um, if I realize there's not many uh, followers of Jesus or, you know, at the youth sports event, then as I go to the youth sports events, make disciples, you know, teach them to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but if I, if I realize, wow, there's not many followers of Jesus in Indonesia, then maybe I need to go to Indonesia. Absolutely. Because again, it's about making disciples. And when you reference Acts 1-8, I think that gives us the regular pattern, not just of the early church, but I think in all of our lives. In Acts 1-8, Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and empowers you to do this. But you're going to start in Jerusalem, the very city where Jesus was when he said those words to the guys. And then out there to the surrounding area of Judea. Oh, yeah. And then that one part you guys like to neglect where those 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 outsiders, those foreigners, those people who don't quite fit Samaria, do it there too. And then on to the ends of the earth. So I think even in that way, it's the, it's the idea of the pebble dropped into the lake and the ripples go out from there. From wherever we are at that time and place in which Jesus draws us to himself and we embark on this journey of discipleship. 
okay, cool, Lord, how does this ripple out from my life to those around me and even to other places where you might take it? Yeah, no one's exempt. No one's exempt, yeah. Which I think is crucial, right? Like in this, I think sometimes we think of a select class of people that the Great Commission is for. But the Great Commission, I think this is what's so beautiful about it. It it forces upon us the need to be present where we are, Yeah. but it also sees the ends of the earth. And so that means everything between where I am and the ends of the earth, that's where the authority of Jesus needs to be made manifest. And so therefore, man, there you go, right? It's this huge thing. And so, so one last thing that I thought was interesting when I was listening to you guys talk is that it, it is fascinating where this idea of, right, in the, in the coming, the going, the various facets of life, with the way life looks here maybe look would look different in Indonesia, which would look different maybe in some ways than in uh, uh, Uganda. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting, wherever you go, help people manifest the good lordship of Jesus yeah. in their life there, right? And it's, it isn't, there is an interesting dynamic to that where I'm not trying to bring now like Americanism or democracy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing the good reign and rule of Jesus and saying in your context— Let's see the good rule and reign of Jesus come to bear, whether it's my kids' lives or people on the other side of the planet. It, it really does do a neat thing where it's like, hey, wherever you are, just bring the good lordship of Jesus to bear there. Yeah, yeah like, but that's you're jumping into like next week because now all of a sudden you're talking about like, what are we supposed to be teaching them? Well, teach them to observe what Jesus commanded, not teach them to observe the whatever cultural relevancies or yeah. whatever for the, the, the day. I think it definitely sets up for it because they're interconnected. But like just bringing in the Shema, right? Like this whole thing where, where you're present, mm-hmm. like bring the good Lordship of Jesus to life there. Yeah. Allow people to see what happens in a workplace when when God's people work there. Yeah. Allow when a student who's at school, allow allow the good Lordship of Jesus to be seen and, and made real yeah. at school and in our neighborhoods and our sports. Com- I mean, I just think it's like how powerful that's what I would do here. But if I went somewhere else, well, where you are, bring the good Lordship of Jesus to bear Let yeah. in all the different facets and forms of what that culture looks like. But also, it. but not from like bring that to bear, not from a place of arrival, but from a place no. of pursuit, right? Like the, 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 com, the, the act of making disciples cannot be separated from the act of being a disciple, right? Yeah. So, so how do we bring the good lordship of Jesus to bear and make it manifest in our workplaces, our homes, our schools, and such as we learn to live yeah. as with Jesus as Lord? I think that's what's so cool in this whole thing is like. Again, I think the thought, and we've talked about this in other podcasts as well, where it's like, we we have it hardwired. I have it hardwired in me to read the Great Commission and go, oh, yes, that's right. I want to be committed to this. I want to be faithful to make disciples. But these aren't I, me commands. These are y'all, y'all. commands. Y'all go. And as y'all go, y'all make disciples as y'all, like the, the y'allness of this where, and to your point where it's like, we should be on the lookout and desirous of who are the other disciples in my workplace, in my school? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for us to engage in this together? So that way they don't just see me as an exemplary individual or as a hypocritical individual, but they see even that sense of us together walking through this, you know? Okay. Did you have one more thought before we keep going? I think it'll wait till next section okay. because Christian just launched into something there yeah. that I think is... <laughs> I, I want to hit the pause you and button. I had that same I was look like, together. Yes, like, there's a lot more to say. Do we but, save this? But I, I want to. 
<laughs> yeah, I think like it's just I think the the to to pull a, like a conclusion and set ourselves up for the next discussion is I think this is why this go is so important, yeah. right? And it, and as we go embodying the heart and life of Jesus in such a way that even the way Paul expressed it in 1 Corinthians 9, hey, if you're amongst Jewish people, learn Jewish people and how to bring the good lordship of Jesus with others to life inside of a Jewish community, a Gentile community, yeah. a, whatever it is, right? And that's where I think this is so wherever you go and go, be there. Yeah. And so that's really cool. All right. So we'll 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 land this a little bit and figure out how to how to how to make this kind of a, a applicable in life here. All right, Spencer. So I've I've uh, I I kept you from swinging at that last pitch, but the ball. Don't still act in. like you stopped it. I was. You I did. had self control. I appreciated actually your self control <laughs> that you had. Wow. Well, yeah. just the fruit of the spirit coming mm. to life inside of this room right yeah. now through the life. I just appreciate your humility too. Well, like, you I know. just want to I want to acknowledge that. But maybe now coming back to the Great Commission, like what what you you had I could tell a thought question. I did, I did. Um and it was tying what Christian said right at the end there with something you said previously, which was this y'all aspect of it, it's, it's, this is something that none of us are exempt from. We're all supposed to be participating in it, not on our own, but as a part of the body. Yes, 100%. And then Todd, probably middle of that last section, you had said something about it's not for a special class of person or, you know, you know, certain segments of the church body. You know, this, the making of disciples is not something that's reserved just for pastors and elders. Um, but we go sideways on this one when we actually think that it's someone else's job to make disciples and just going, you know, in this section where we're supposed to talk about the real practicality of things, I think this is something for me as I, as I look at Cornerstone Church, as I think of my time um, in Southern California over the last, you know, 25 years as an adult, um, some people are going to question whether I've hit adulthood yet, mm -hmm. but that's okay. But just going, the one thing that I've always had a heart for and kind of recognized gaps in the churches that I've been a part of is, you know, I was a public school teacher and I, I used to say, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a missionary. I'm making disciples in the public school system and going, people, that just didn't connect with people of going, no, 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 like it's the pastor's job to make disciples or it's the missionary's job to make disciples and going, no, 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 no. This is all of our jobs to use the the example you said earlier, Christian, I'm going in the circumstances of life, we need to be making disciples. And that's something that is for all of us. And if we think somehow that this is someone else's job or I'm going to wait till later in life, I'll wait till I graduate from high school. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you're in high school or junior high school, if you're a follower of Jesus, as you're going to do the things you're supposed to do, make disciples. Yeah, be a disciple who makes us. Yeah. And go, this is, this is what we're called to. And yeah, everybody. Everybody. And right. you're not anybody exempt. That is, anybody that is under the good lordship of Jesus from the standpoint of now being engaged and now through his blood bought into the family, we all are yeah. to be disciple makers. Yeah, and it's not a secondary. It's not yeah. like... Well, the, these are the, the primary things that I'm supposed to be about in life. I'm supposed to be a dad and I'm supposed to be a, a provider for my family or whatever it is, right? Those are the primary things. And making disciples is a secondary thing. It's like, no, 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 no. This is the primary thing that Jesus calls us to. In fact, if I view 
disciple making as my primary task, that informs how I should be a parent. That informs how I should interact with my coworkers or employees. That that informs how I should actually participate in athletics. Like if we don't make this primary and the priority of our life, we are absolutely disobeying what Jesus has called us to. Yeah. I can't like I just this is one of those things I'm going this has to be everything. Yeah, it's it and it, it's we've we've had this discussion kind of through this the secular sacred thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, "Oh, I've kind of got my secular stuff over here and my sacred stuff over here." But it really does make everything that I do sacred, right? If if 100%. if I'm tr- if I'm seeking to sh- to live out with others what the lordship of Jesus looks like doing whatever out of, like out of yeah. the Shema, the rising up, the going down, the left, right, the yeah. wherever I am. That really does start to mean that everything is sacred. There's yes. there's nothing that falls outside of that right. that sacred context. And it's it was interesting. I, I remember I was sitting in one of my back in the while ago, my PhD seminars where one of the guys actually was talking through this and he was talking about some of the obstacles to the church. And one of them that he brought up is he said, you know, the it's it's not that having a building is is bad or paying pastors is bad. But he said one of the things you have to acknowledge is that those two things can become actually detrimental from the standpoint where the building becomes the focus where it's the sacred place where disciples are made and everyone else, everywhere else yeah. isn't. Or the idea like you were bringing up, this idea where pastors or maybe missionaries or these people that we set aside and, and give financial you know, support to as the means of freeing their time to be able to do ministry— is that now all of a sudden they're the ones that it, there's a professional class to it. And it was, it was very convicting as a shepherd because in a weird way, sometimes we as shepherds can get that Messiah complex and enjoy that place. Or we, we validate the success of our ministry about how many things happen around our building, how many people show up for our stuff mm-hmm. versus like, it seems to be, and I, I love your argument you're making. No, the, the, the validity of what we're doing comes in around disciples being made mm-hmm. and us living faithfully in such a way that, that people have an environment to, to, to for yeah. that to happen. And I appreciate what you said there about the pastors maybe owning a degree of a Messiah oh, complex and, and going, man, Christian's I think, awful. I think yeah. I'm not going to comment, <laughs> but it's, it's going, I think past pastors at Cornerstone, because we are talking about Cornerstone specifically. Um, yeah, we can, you can get into a little bit of a Messiah complex, but I'm also going to re- represent the other side, uh, just as a guy in the church of going, yeah, but the, the, just the normal everyday guys in the church, we fall prey into this because we go, oh, we can punt on, oh, that's the, that's the paid staff's job. That's the pastor's job to do that. I'll let him make disciples. Cause that's, that's going to be, and so the, the, the normal folk in the church, we can punt and go, oh, the pastors will take care of it. That's their job. Mm-hmm. And then the pastors kind of go, oh, yeah, I like the, I like the, you know, the, the Messiah complex and I like to do it. And as a result, all of us kind of are off the rails a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just think the slippery slope has two sides on that one. I just, I appreciate your sensitivity to, to mm-hmm. pastors kind of owning too much of it. But I also go, man, some of the folks in the church probably need to own a little bit more of it. And we, we punt a little bit too much. Yeah. I do think that sometimes the the thing that can shoot us in the foot in trying to close that gap is if discipleship is meant to happen, as was modeled by Jesus, as we go, I think for a lot of us, even like across the board, there's not a lot of contact that we have as we go. 
we see each other for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. You might be listening to a podcast like that. That's another little touch point. But if what Jesus says is not just teach what Jesus, what, what he's commanded, but teach how to keep, teach how to practice and preserve and pass on. Well, there needs to be more as we go that we share together in life. So that way there is, there's just a lot more laboratory time to work out how this, this, yeah, it's not together. just a knowledge transfer. It's exactly. not transferring information. It's actually yeah. modeling and doing. And that really is, I mean, it, obviously you're, I love your connection you made to Deuteronomy 6, by the way, because it seems to be when we see Jesus come along in, in kind of that rabbinic thought concept, right, where the rabbis were very much, if you want to learn this, come with me. Yeah. Come eat with me, walk yeah. with me, mm-hmm. go where I go. And it's, I think like then for me to maybe get down into a practical level, that's sometimes hard in our culture. Like for me as a shepherd, because I, I don't want to have the Messiah complex and I do want to call people to see that they are they are, are under the authority of Jesus called to make disciples too. But man, it's, it is hard to figure out how do we do that yeah. together, especially when we've created such maybe um, siloed lives, mm-hmm. right? That it, it's, it's hard to know how do we get into each other's lives in that way to, to do that together. Yeah. Or, <clears throat> or even to reprioritize our lives so that disciple making is a priority. Yeah. Go, man, totally. I can't do five things man, I, I might be only able to do three things if I'm truly trying to make disciples in that way. And am I willing to actually let go of certain things to prioritize disciple making? One of the guys that discipled me that I'm so thankful for, a guy named Blake, and I'll never forget, he he would always call you up and say, hey, I got to go somewhere. Why don't you come with me? And I, you know, when you're early on, you don't know what he, you just think, oh, wow, he just wants to be blessed by me being with him, you know? And and But he honestly just believed everywhere he went, he took somebody with him and finally I got what he was doing and I go, Oh my gosh, like I see what you're, you're, you're trying to do here. I go, but gosh, that really slows you down. And he goes, well, it depends what slows you down means. Yeah. If slows me down means my task, it gets done slower. Well, yeah, it always gets done much slower. If you're talking about the advancing of making disciples, actually, no, it speeds it up. Yeah. So he, he, you just get those different lenses on it. Right. And it's like, I was thinking about that as we've been going through this, where, you know, doing things with your kids, sometimes it's like, okay, you know, well, I'll I'll take them along with me takes more time. So do I maybe save time by not taking them in the task? Yes. But I miss out on the advancement of them being, seeing me in a Deuteronomy 6 way in just normal life. And when I go to the lumber store or when I go wherever I'm going. Have you ever gone to the lumber store? Come on. Uh, just when my dad took me when I was little. Okay, I was to be honest here, you know. But <laughs> so I think the efficiency side of things is one struggle and the, the willingness to prioritize disciple making. But let me just throw another kind of potential struggle or obstacle or whatever you want to call it. What do you do if somebody actually does maybe take this seriously and go, man, I, it seems like another struggle is what are the consequences when someone says, no, I, I do want to go to the nations? Like what? What do we do with that? Because there's, it seems like there are some, there are some inherent struggles that I've seen with people wanting to go to the nations and man, there's a whole nother set of struggles and barriers, both short term and long term that we have to actually wrestle through. So let me, let me go from inward to outward. A thought that I have, like on one level, like Robin and I've talked about this oftentimes, like within our age group, age stage. When we say to our friends, let's make disciples, it's almost like they look at us like we're foreigners, you know, going, 
like so her and i've kind of talked through that she's she's actually right now smiling and nodding so she's agreeing with me it's like i've been in the church for 40 years why are we just emphasizing this yeah yeah, why are we why are we just doing now but on the other side of it i think spencer you've hit something is that oftentimes we think about how the the individual counts through the cost Mm -hmm. and we forget all the interconnections of life Mm -hmm. that come into this that when somebody says hey i believe god's called me to go to whatever people group, language group at the time, there's implications outside of that that others then have to count the cost. And I'm talking yeah. beyond a spouse and kids or things like that, right? F- moms and dads, uh, close friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's e- even, and Christian, you brought this up in, in uh, sermon prep. We're sending our kids off, right, to go to this houseboat trip. And we're thinking, oh, cool, our kids are going to the houseboat trip. But little nice, do they nice. know... Thomas Shearer is going to actually be trying to convince some of them that some of them may be called to go to the nations and they may be coming home to mom and dad go, mom, dad, you wouldn't believe this. I'm, I think I'm called to go to the Muslims. And mom and dad are go, no, I think you're called to go to USC. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it's such a, it's such an interesting reality where, man, just all those interplays on how you work that through. Are yeah. And how do we walk through that together with that sense of that's, like when there's someone in our church family who in the midst of this goes, yes, I want to be committed to the making of disciples, but I think I'm one who's meant to go to the horizon, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. And I will say, at least in the, you know, 18 years I've been a part of Cornerstone, I think that that is something we've celebrated well as a church. Have we learned a lot of hard lessons about what it takes not only to send people well, but then help them <laughs> maintain in cross-cultural situations, well, yeah, that's that's a lot of work. There's a lot of deep, deep care and discipleship that goes on there. Um, have we sometimes, um, you know, like sometimes is the person that wants to go, is it because they don't know how to do the as-you-go discipleship here? And so there's almost the naive thought of, if I just go over there, it'll be clearer. Okay, how do we work through that, right? Because the reality is the same hands-on baptizing, teaching how to keep it has to be done locally. It has to be done in person. Mm-hmm. And to just make your target to go somewhere else and not keep in mind that once I get there, I'm to make disciples as I go about living here. Like there's just it, it, the the global and the local dynamics are always there on, on both sides of it, you know? Yeah, yeah the task doesn't change. Yes. You're... Your context. Yeah, your context and latitude, longitude changes, but. Yeah, so I mean, it's been fun. I think one of the things I've loved here at Cornerstone for the last five or six years is getting to work alongside our global global missions team, which is a really cool team, pretty much all volunteers who just want to serve and care for missionaries well and be a part of raising up and sending out more people. And one of the things that I love is I, I, I know for myself that like my, my heart is, and I feel like God's calling in my life is very much to be a local church pastor, to just be about the making of disciples in this local area where God's placed me. But I love being with a group of six, eight people who what what they are passionate about is seeing the gospel go to the horizon, seeing disciples made in other places. And I feel like even in that team, what's so fun is we get to walk through that, that we get to hold that tension of faithfulness together mm-hmm. of let's make sure in our efforts to be about the sending and supporting it also fits with what we're trying to do in regular life and relationships here. And and I think it's just, it's been super fun in that way. I feel like it, for me, even this message was a cool f- fruit of, I think, that team's influence on my life of going, yeah, let's, let's do both. Faithfulness is found as we 
as we go and as we go <laughs> to the nations. So I guess uh, to come back to the the idea of the word go. Yeah. And then tie it to something Todd just said a second ago. Here's a question for you guys. You said in regards to the youth kids going up to the houseboat trip and going, man, what if they come back and they realize, I feel called to go to the nations. What? Why do we assume that that's a calling that people have to feel as opposed to looking at this and go, the, the starting point is we should all have a heart for there. And maybe the, the exception is actually to stay local. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's almost an yeah, assumption I mean, that you're making of going. Well, that, you'd that have to the, think through acts on that one, right? Where it's like, like, I, I, I think just thinking through the rhythm of it, they always seem to be very local. And then God would say, sure, nope. We got to keep moving. Yep. Got to keep moving, and I don't think it's just because they were in. You had a disobedience kind of thing. You worked through on some talk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think it's that. I just, I do think like there is this way in which maybe it's that they're more apostolic, mm-hmm. right? Like there's that way in which no doubt all of us have to have a heart for the nations. You know, it's that. What is it? Live, live locally, think globally, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. is the 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 thing there. But I do think like there is this way in which, you know, Paul summons to Timothy this this gift that was you know through the laying on of hands that came. Mm-hmm. I want you to fan into flame that. There does seem to be like some that that God does set aside, like a Barnabas and a Paul, and says, "Hey, you two, like actually, we're gonna you're gonna you're gonna th- you're gonna go to the horizon." Mm-hmm. But I do think the thing we miss sometimes in this is that when the when the gospel would land in a city, it was still supposed to go to the surrounding area. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it was supposed to drift out of the city into those towns. And I mean, and so it's, I just think it's always that tension that you're feeling of living locally and thinking globally. And, and I'll, the other thing I think is cool and attention that we, we've often felt like to maybe to your point is that internal aspiration to go. Yeah or to be sent or to take on a certain role. And then the community discernment of, okay, is that just Should your, it is, and is there readiness? Is there more equipping for that purpose and training? And even sometimes where you, we as a, as a church family <laughs> help put something on someone's radar that's not there. Hey, we see this in you. We see you be effective in these ways. How can we help you fan that into flame? That I think that that's what's so cool is a lot of this sense of do I is is my mode primary mode of making disciples going to be as I go with others in this area or as as I go other places, that's a huge part of what the local church family is here for. So discern through that together. So I would say if you're listening to this and you even go, man, I think, I think I I'd, I'd be up for going. I'd be up for like I'm just trying to figure out what this looks like to get plugged into to be about this in my normal everyday life here in this setting. That's what we're here for. That's what conversations like this are here for. Yeah. Yeah, I think to your, to your point, Spencer, as we kind of draw it to a close, it shouldn't be as strange as we've made it. Mm-hmm. It should be normal. In fact, it should be, I think, the regular progression of the church, right? Yeah. Or, in fact, it's almost if you don't see that, there's something wrong. Yeah, the church isn't as mature as you might think it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah big yeah. time. All right, well, thanks for, for joining us. I know, like, for me at least, and I don't know if I'm speaking for these guys, is that uh, our heart has really been like like us. You would feel the tension of keeping our eyes up on that horizon and not losing sight of Jesus's heart for the nations, all the while not losing sight of what's right in front of us yep. in just the daily, everyday life of how we live and 
with others, other followers of Jesus, and, and model the good lordship of Jesus. So God bless you all. I uh, love and appreciate you all, and we look forward to hopefully you listening again to Beyond Sunday. Bye.